Ahoy there, me hearties. This be Captain Silverhook, and you're listening to the Two Old Pirates podcast. Set sail for an open sea of stories, tales, and some really crazy stuff. I expect you to like and subscribe, lest you be walking the plank. <laughs> All right, welcome to Podcast 43. On my far left, of course, is always Vinny. And in the middle is a special old pirate, uh, Fung, uh, lifelong friend. Uh, known this guy since... Seventh or eighth grade, probably. He's the third old pirate. Yes, he's the third old pirate. So we always have old pirates on here, and he made the trip all the way down from Austin. So I'm very, very happy to see my old friend. Um, fun. What happened with the? Uh, the you got to hear this. He came all the way down with uh, a drone, and he was going to go and record the Lexington. He was going to record the Rockport Beach and all the beautiful things about Rockport, so he could take it back up to Austin, show people where he grew up. And what happened there, Fun? Uh, restricted area. You can't fly your drone. So. We have yeah. a dink, we have a rinky dink little airport, a little now. airfield for private like Cessnas. Now, <laughs> and there, there's FAA regulations yes. have a dead zone. It's a no fly zone for drones because we have one rinky dink little Aransas County here's, airport. Here's how sad Fung was. We went to the beach, and it wouldn't work. So we went further away from the beach, and he looked it up, and he found a YouTube page that said. Oh, uh, you know, you have to hold it and do a 360, and it'll reset its calibrations with the GPS signals. And he did all that. That wouldn't work. Then we went down to Fulton Beach, and it wouldn't work there and stuff. Then we finally went on an app, and he found out that there's the air, the airspace around Rockport is completely shut down. But where were you, where did you use it about a year and a half ago? We know. <laughs> As a history teacher, it's a communist country. Communist. And he went there to go see his woman. Which I'm sure it was worth it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's the deal. He had it hovering, what, almost a mile away from you? Yes. And how far up do you think it went? 400 feet. About 400 feet. 400 feet. Right. He's recording the roundabout in this beautiful large city at night in a communist country as an American. And we can't record our beach where there's just freaking seagulls and fake sand dunes. Which is weird, because after Hurricane Harvey, there was drone footage all over the place yeah. of Rockport. So evidently so certain people with drones can fly them on certain days, evidently, or if the city allows them. Yeah. And then there's people like Fung, who made the trip all the way down here from Austin to go and see his friends and be able to get this awesome footage with this awesome drone that he has, and it won't fly. No, just it can't fly. So, sucks sucks to be Fung. Uh <laughs> Uh, but we uh, we also have some video of the old neighborhood that me and him grew up in. He grew up in the apartments across the street from me. And uh, I, I remember which apartment he lived in. He wasn't sure about it at first, but then you went in and stuff. But uh, do you have any memories, Fung, about Rockport when you were young? He, he came. When did you come to America? 1975. Yeah, so they, they got out right before the fall of Saigon. And then what, you came to Rockport? In no, Rockport. it was in Indiana. But, but you came to Rockport in about sixth grade, right? Yes. So he's he was here from sixth grade all the way through graduation. Yeah, but yeah he was. Eric he plays. He, a, he plays a mean tennis. Who you play a mean round of tennis? Oh, I know. We play tennis every day, right? Yes, uh, Fung and I, since we lived over by the Mexican Park, neither one of us had very much money, 
uh, we had fun by going out to the tennis courts and, and, and learning the game together. And do you remember that old uh, boombox that I bring out there? Yeah. I played cassettes. I'm sure he hated it. I played the Genesis Invisible Touch cassette <laughs> over and over and over. And uh, we'd sit out there and I'd beat him two out of three sets. And he'd be like, let's play three out of five. And then, you know, I'd end up and winning sometimes or he'd end up winning. And then the other person would go, no, best out of seven. We'd literally go out there and play the best out of seven sets. People just don't do things like that anymore. But that's all we had. So we just, we had a lot, we had a blast doing stuff with that. Uh, Benny, any, any stories or anything that are, since this is a Rockport yeah. smorgasbord well, of information. Well, building off your tennis story, I inherited, when I went to middle school, I inherited your old tennis racket. I got it from your parents. Uh-huh. So I used it when I was in school. And uh, that good luck did not rub off on me because I was not very good at tennis. I didn't, I didn't make varsity. So I just remember hanging out on the back of the tennis courts with the other... Uh, non-JV rejects and we would just kind of make up our own just make up our own games and we would, we would do things like see how hard we could hit the ball against that backboard where it comes back at you and we would just like try to dodge it. Another thing Fung and me did, we uh, both got jobs around the same time at the HEB here uh, in the summer of 87 I had my first car and so I'd usually give him a ride and we'd get done on, on Thursday nights that's when they'd pay us and we would usually go around, and instead of just going home and saving our money, we'd buy a bunch of food and drinks and go up to the break room, even though they were shut down. We'd just sit up there and watch TV and eat, because there's nothing to do in Rockport. But, uh, Fung, do you remember the, uh, the story about the Challenger? Yes. Okay. Let Fung, I'll let Fung, since he's being very quiet. No, uh, you, can, you can talk. I'm a quiet guy. All right. Um. In 1986, I was coming back from, we had open lunch at the high school, so of course I went off campus. And uh, I came back and Fung came running down to my locker and I was opening it up and he's all, the Space Shuttle Challenger just blew up. And of course, you know, if you've grown up around my time, uh, you know, the Challenger and the rest of the Space Shuttle seemed extremely safe, so I didn't believe him. And I could tell he seemed kind of serious, but I thought he was pulling my leg because he, like, he's a practical joker too. And, uh, yeah, he wasn't, and he told me to come down to the library, and we both ran down there at top speed, and there was a one TV that was set up, and people were watching it and crying, and it was it was real. The Challenger had blown up, and all those astronauts were gone forever. And it was uh, just really, really weird that, uh, you know, September 11th happened during our lifetime. Yeah. Now, I was going to school at Woodsboro, and I came in, I heard about the first plane hitting the first tower. By the time I got down to my room, the second plane to hit the tower. Where were you on September 11, 2001? I was at Dell, um, about to go on a break, first break, and the, one of my friends said that the spaceship, I mean, the, not spaceship, but the plane hit the first tower, so I went and checked the news, and about 30 minutes later, the second plane hit the tower, and then they have a group meeting for everyone at Dell. But you remember it, right? I remember it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Things like that shot, and what do you remember about that day? Well, I was still going to school at the time, and uh, I remember arriving within within an hour of me being in school. Uh, there was a commotion. Teachers were out in the hallways talking, uh, and then one of them came back in. I guess it was okay to put on the news because then everybody had the news on. And I was asking, like, did what did something happen? 
and the person who told me I was a, I was a teacher's assistant. I was a, a, a tutor for some of the more uh, academically challenged kids, and uh, so I would help out with that. And we didn't have any kids that were sent to us that morning. They were all still in their homeroom. So I was like, "What's going on?" And she was like, "Somebody has has crashed an airplane into the World Trade Center." And me, with this being Rockport, I mean, you have to understand the geographics of the area. Uh, about 40 miles south of us is Corpus Christi, Texas, and there is kind of an open-air indoor market. It's called the Corpus Christi Trade Center. So <laughs> my dumbass is thinking that somebody... I, I, I didn't hear the world part. I'm thinking somebody crashed a plane into the Corpus Christi Trade Center, which is a a big flea market. Yeah, it's a big it's a big like I said it's it's an indoor open air market yeah. essentially. And I, I thought somebody hit that. I'm like, it's only open on the weekends. It's like there's not even anybody there. And but then I, then I looked on the television and then I was like, oh, much New York, building. New York World Trade Center. Oh, there's the second plane. Oh, Jesus Christ, you know. I remember watching the news and seeing that shot of the second plane hitting the tower yeah. as I was piecing it together. And that was one of the most, I, I mean, that's it's, one of the things that really defines a generation. It's surreal. When, it, when does, you see it, it seems, it's almost like something you see out of a movie. So I, I was going to ask Fung this. Um, okay, Fung was born in Vietnam. Uh, him and his entire family uh, basically were lucky enough to get out before the communists took over South Vietnam and it fell and uh, they came to America with nothing and they have prospered and they, they're, they're blessed more than a lot of people will ever be blessed. Fung, since you've lived the majority of your life in America, what do you think is one misconception, something that Americans get wrong about the country of Vietnam? Well, Vietnam is uh, like commercialized now, you know, with the American company and everything, McDonald's, you know, KFC, they have all that over there, so... And most people forgot about the, the war, you know. They don't hate, you know, people in America because it's, it's a long time ago, so the new generation. A lot of people teach over there, like English. So, and they love it. I mean, they, they love Vietnam. So, I think it changed, I think. A lot of people don't know, but I actually taught Vinny his senior yeah. year. <laughs> and, um, yeah. yeah, he did something one day to piss me off. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to tell the qu real quick story, and then I might come back and tell a real quick story, and then we'll wrap it up with Fung, and then uh, we'll say goodnight for episode forty-three. But I, I, th this is a good story because it still pisses me off. Yeah. So we're all just we're all just kind of you know shooting over. Was it, was it a psychology? Yes. Yeah. A digital watch that had a, a infrared receiver. You need on to listen because he pissed me off. <laughs> and there were there were buttons for setting the time and everything, but there was also buttons for power, volume up. Volume down, channel. It, it would. It, you could. You could control a television with it. And you have and to go back and explain that we had televisions in the room. Yes, yeah, so we had televisions in the classroom. So w what I would do is, the 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 watch came with an instruction booklet, and it would tell you like whenever you were programming it, there would basically be like an, an abbreviated name of a brand, and then there'd be like a bunch of different frequencies and channels that you could you could scroll through and basically what you would do is you would scroll through and then press the power button to test it and if the television turned on or off then you knew you had found the right thing so then you would just hold down the set button and the watch would just go you know beep like a regular digital watch 
and then when you set it to TV mode, suddenly all the buttons would, would you could turn the TV on, you could turn the channels, you could turn the volume all the way up. Notice I'm still not smiling about that. All the, all the way down. So uh, I, I took it to Eric's classroom, and I would just sit at my desk, and you wouldn't even know it was me, because I would just have a thing, and I would just click it on, and I would turn the TV on, and the TV just would just come on. And then, you know, he would be like, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty laid back, so I wouldn't get upset. Yeah, at first. Yeah. So then, so he reaches into his his the drawer. desk drawer, pulls out the TV remote, and just turns it back off. And I wait a few minutes pass, and I turn it on again. And then he turns it off again. And then this time, almost immediately, I turn it back on, and I start changing the channels until we get to Telemundo. Yeah, the one the, on the, the, the a Spanish, Spanish station. Channel. Yeah. So I'm hearing, and then the next thing I did, this is important, the next thing I did is I went to the volume and I just, I clicked up and I held it. So it just maxed out the volume loud as I possibly could on the Very, Spanish. very loud Spanish being screamed at us by the television and I can't make it turn off because he has full power over it with his watch. And then sometimes I would just turn the TV off from my from from my watch. Just yeah, they they would yeah. have the morning announcements on, and it would go off. <laughs> yeah. And I'm all like, I turn it back on so we could hear it go back on. <laughs> no, butthead over here the whole time. Nobody like ever, a little mad scientist. Nobody, <laughs> nobody ever knew that it was my watch. I never told anybody. There was there was one one of my friends clued in on on it because he he could see that I was sitting very strangely. And that I was, I was kind of screwing and up my I, watch. I could be wrong, but did you sit in the very back of the class? Of course I did. Yeah, he sat in the back of the class, and he was actually kind of close almost to my desk, maybe two rows back. Yeah. And I'm all like, I had no idea that he was sitting there doing this over and over. <laughs> yeah, I'm and sitting over. like eight feet away from you. It was incomprehensible, the amount of anger I was. He finally told me, he's all like, I got to tell you. I'm yeah, your I came clean eventually. I, I, I'm your nephew. And... I've been turning the TV on yeah. and off. I'm like, no, no. And then I, because I, I, still, trust, I still trusted him. <laughs> I demonstrated it. And yeah. I learned you don't trust him. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, I, I'm not saying this is funny. It's a very short story. Uh, well, when I look in retrospect, it's kind of funny. All right. I had a friend, the one that I said previously in the last uh, podcast, Eric, who helped me bring the... Uh, Air conditioning for my, you know, my dad made us. If you watched the last podcast, podcast forty-two. Okay, me and him went over to a. Uh, you guys know the the convenience store. If you're, um, if you go down thirty-five, uh, going like where the Mexican Park is. Okay, uh, there's a convenience store right here. You go down a little bit further. I think they even built like a Dollar Tree or something like that. Or Dollar Tree. You go down further, and there's one last convenience store right there. Yes. Before you go down to like Corpus Christi Street yeah, stuff. I, I okay. think it's it's like a Valero now. Yeah. Yeah. So we went down there one day. So we're driving, and Eric wants to get a drink. So we go in there, right? And so we're 18 or 19, and he gets his drink, and he says, "I'm gonna walk out and wait by the car." I said, "All right." So I'm still getting my drink and stuff. I'm not thinking anything, and when I come towards the door to walk out he comes inside and his face is red and he's laughing harder than I've ever seen him laugh in my life I'm like dude what's so funny so he's all like he can't speak he's gasping for air and I'm all like Eric what is going on what is so funny so and then I hear people screaming outside 
and I'm all like, what the hell's going on? And so he's all, you got, <laughs> it's the funniest thing. And we go outside. I never got to see this with my own two eyes. But I'm going to tell you why Eric was so thrilled with what happened. Evidently, on the other side of the highway, there's a very, very obese lady. <laughs> and oh, she no. decided to play Frogger. So she was trying to come across four lanes, and she was very obese. And evidently, a car was coming 45 and slowed down enough. He did not kill her, but he hit her, and she flew, Eric said, about 8 to 10 feet in the air and came down the it's so fucking mean. Came down in the middle of the road. She's wearing a nightgown. And when I got there, the guy's out of the car asking her if she's okay. And she's all like, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Ambulance comes. They get. She didn't die uh, from what we heard. Not even a broken leg or anything. And I was all like, Eric, how could you laugh? A woman was hit by a car. He's all, she was so, she was so big. But she still. Probably did more damage to the truck. She still got so much air because <laughs> he was a skateboarder and he was referring to the same concept of getting air on a skateboard by this fat, <laughs> obese woman getting hit by a car. He's all, dude, she got so much air. And she literally flew up 8 to 10 feet, he said. he, oh I mean, God. she went way above the car and just bang on that pavement. And she lived. She was fine. Uh, she had some... You know, bruises and stuff, but he had slowed down enough that when he hit her, she still flew. But Eric, I've never seen. I said, Eric, that's equal, man. How could you laugh at that lady? She got hit by a car. Stuff. He's all, it was, it was funny. And some people just find that stuff funny. I've never found it funny. Did you have any teachers that you liked? Yeah, any. Is there one that stands out? I mean, without saying the name, you can just say the. I can say the name. Okay, say the name. McGuire, McGuire. Yes. I had Miss McGuire. Now here's a funny story. He got an award, right? For like an art, art thing. Yeah, into uh, my watercolor painting. Yeah. Uh, to the art show, and it, it won best in show. Best in show. Yeah. At the and art center that you used to work at, right? Yes. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you a story that has nothing to do with that, but it has to do with Miss McGuire, who's our art teacher. Miss McGuire, re, re, she required in my art class that we had to turn in one drawing or or whatever week for the six weeks but she didn't require you had to actually turn them in till the sixth week so I suck at drawing I mean like bad I can do like stick figures and stuff I have no talent Fung has talent you know uh, Vinny has talent I don't have any talent uh, so what I did is we had coke machines at the high school and I would tell the kids at my table in art if you guys on the last week of the six weeks will all draw me something on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, since I have to turn them in by Friday, I'll buy you guys all Cokes and Dr. Peppers, which I didn't know how I was going to do that because they had them in a certain area of the school that you couldn't just walk in and just get it and stuff. So it was only during lunch and stuff. So I had to bribe a custodian <laughs> every single six weeks to go ahead and allow me to get uh, six drinks, and they were 50 cents each at the time. How much was the bribe? I, I bought him a drink. Oh, okay. So he would get an ice cold Dr. Pepper or a Coke, whatever he wanted in. Uh, and then he would get me these six drinks. So I had to bring, at the last day, I had to bring four or five bucks in quarters. And I'd give it to him. And then what would happen is Miss Rugar knew I sucked. She knew I sucked at a level. I was in art three, and I should never have been in art three, but they couldn't tell me I couldn't be in art three. So I was in art three. Uh, they didn't have art four at that point. Uh, so therefore, I had done three years of torturing this woman by turning in very subpar stuff. And... Every single six weeks on that Friday, I would hand her these beautiful drawings 
of all different things. Now, you got to understand, these are unique individuals, kind of like the Breakfast Club. Yeah. So, like, one chick was, like, really into vampires. All different styles. So, she'd, she'd draw a freaking vampire or something like that. And another one, he was into, like, uh, uh, surfing. So, it would just be a big cresting wave or something like that with a dolphin jumping out or something. She knew I couldn't do this. She knew it. She'd look at me and she's all like, okay, everybody turn in your... And I, I would hand him in and stuff. And she would take mine and put it on top, my folder. And she'd go through mine first every single six weeks because she knew... Let's see what Eric did wrong this week. And they'd be these beautiful. And she's like, you know, I know you couldn't be doing these things. I said, it's Friday. I'm turning him in. It's my folder. And she's like, who's doing this for you? She never caught on who did it, but she knew it was somebody else. And she'd tell the <laughs> class. She'd say, if I ever catch anybody in here doing these drawings for Eric, everybody fails. And then I'd look at them and say, are you guys going to fail? Or do you want to get your free Dr. Pepper? <laughs> and they wanted that damn Dr. Pepper. Because at schools, you know, that was, a, that, that was a big deal. That was a big deal, it was. man. Instead of a water fountain, 1989, getting a Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Ice cold from the custodian. Yeah. Oh, you that, that, and remember, you're going to sit there and probably say at home, well, if you're giving out these, didn't she see the Dr. Peppers? No. They were all sitting inside the machine waiting for each of them, those people to take their bathroom break. So as soon as the bell would ring on a Friday, she never picked up that so-and-so would leave the art room and say, oh, I've got to pee so bad. And she'd let them go. And I'd already told the custodians, the five or six kids that would be coming by, they'd give the 50 cents that I handed to them to the custodian. He'd then put it in, get the Dr. Pepper, hand it to them, and they would drink between that and coming back to the class. That is one hell of a hustle. And that's why I passed with 100 every single six weeks with <laughs> no talent. And she never caught on. I still feel bad now, being a teacher and stuff. You, know. you do what you got to do, man. you had talent. I spent fifty dollars to pass that class. You yeah. got paid fifty dollars for your time. No, sixty dollars. Oh, it was sixty dollars. Did you think I was going to go far? I guess in art. No, I I didn't continue. You let her down. I know. I let her down for three years. You got to have hustles. You had to have done something. I remember you cheated in biology. We oh, had that one teacher, Miss Snyder. No. He was the coach who threw the book at a student. <laughs> Literally, he threw a book. He was one of the football coaches. I was sitting in class as a freshman, and one day, one of the kids sitting in the front desk, and remember in the old days, I don't know if they still do them, those big, hard, black, long desks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the yeah, Bunsen burners, burners and all that stuff like that. Uh, there was a kid sitting in the front, and he's all like, so what page are we on? He just said something. And the guy takes a freaking biology book, which anybody's ever taken high school biology, it's thick. And threw it across the room and hit that kid in the shoulder and knocked him off his stool. And I was just like, this is 1985. It's a football coach. 1985 rules. Right? 1985 rules. Kids don't say anything. Coach doesn't get in trouble. And at mid-semester, he finally he could not take it anymore. He could not stand teaching us. And they switched. And I forgot who we had for the rest of the year and stuff. But this guy, somehow from one of his friends, got like written down A, B, C, you know, all, all the things. And he had it on a sheet of paper. I'm all like, whoever it was took the test like first or second period and off to the side had their own little scratch paper and they wrote down all the letters. to you know, And, and they, they made 100 on their test. And so they gave it to Fung so that he could make copies for everybody else. And he came up to me. He's all, man, we're going to pass the test. We had like fourth or fifth period, right? And I was like, how? And he's all, and he showed it to me. I was like, you have the answers to the test? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to pass this test. And I was like, cool. He never gave me the answers. <laughs> <clears throat> and 
I remember that day. It just came to me doing this podcast. I kept on thinking he was going to somehow get up and like go back to the room and like hand me it or palm it to me or something like that. And he and when we got done, I was like, "Hey, where are no, the answers?" You're like, like "Me, He's like, "I forgot to give them to you." So I'm sitting in the back, sweating. Not literally, but I'm like, I'm going to fail this test. I don't know anything on this thing. Just... Boom. He got done. No, I know. But uh, yeah, Fong doesn't even remember. I know he didn't remember that. I don't remember. I remember that because he was so excited. He's all like, I got the answers there. We're going to pass this. And then I never get the answers you guys that day. Did you guys ever cheat on a test by putting the answers inside a clear pen? Did you ever do that? They, they did that. I remember that. I, that, I, 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 I have that. not thought about that in 30 years till just now. Really? Yeah, people put it in the, the, the big pen, <coughs> and then you yeah. take the, 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 the blue bottom part, pop that off, and then you'd uh, go like this, and you could go take it. It's like a scroll. You took it out. And then yeah, it yeah. Man, those were the days. You don't remember cheating fun? No. It's <laughs> not gonna mix it. It's not like Jesus is standing right here that you're gonna get in trouble. You know he cheated. Jesus, he will. I remember you. the person who gave it to you. You got it from him that morning. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I threw it away. You know, I didn't use it. Yeah, after you used it. <laughs> well, after you didn't I throw it my way. I threw it away because I memorized it. You know, I don't want to get caught cheating with a piece of paper. So you memorize it, right? As best you can. Yes. And then you and then you throw one or two of the questions on purpose just so that they don't yeah, get you, you know, see? they won't make hundred percent. And you gotta, get, you gotta get in their head. Think about the thing: turning off the TV, turning it on, turning it off, turn it on. My best friend in, in high school has the notes, the answers. Just no love for her. So uh, we've covered a bunch of different topics. I want to end with five quick things with Fung uh, because I don't know the next time we'll have Fung on the podcast. He has no idea what we're about to ask him. I'm still thinking about him right now. So uh, I'll ask Fung a real quick question. I'll ask five different questions, and he'll just answer his, his truthfully, no lie. All right, Fung, mm-hmm. uh, what is your favorite movie of all time? Favorite movie? Yeah. One of your favorite movies of all time. I think Back to the Future. You almost <laughs> smiled. <laughs> did, you, did you know that there's a hidden 9-11 conspiracy? Yeah, I know all about to- that. Yeah. <laughs> Fun made us watch the whole before video. the podcast. Yeah. Oh wait, wait. The sound of music. I watch it every year. You're so full of crap. Yeah. No, I've never even seen the sound of music. Let, let my family, right? My we like to do things together. So like, the Olympic. They were being chased what? by Nazis. The Olympic. We we be watching. Uh, you know the. Olympics so you get together. together for the Olympics, the Super Bowl, the Olympics, and the sound of music. No, the sound of music they play every year back then in the '80s. So I watch every year. Did you guys watch the Wizard of Oz every year? No. Oh, what's wrong with that? You don't like Toto? Toto? I don't like <laughs> You don't like Dorothy? Tin Man She was hot. She was hot? Yes. No, uh, just Sound of Music we watch every day. I mean, every year, so. That's amazing. I never knew that about Fun. I didn't know that he was into musicals. <laughs> All right, uh, number two question. What's your favorite beverage? Anything, if you could have anything in front of you and you were thirsty, what would you want? I like iced tea. Okay. Ice tea. Mm-hmm. Ice tea, yes. Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Root beer. Coke. So you like drinks? Drinks, yes. Bubble right. tea? Um, what would you say is your favorite animal? Um, my favorite animal? Birds. A bird? Yeah. Any particular type of bird or just birds? Parrots. Parrots? Uh, you know mm-hmm. who used to have parrots? Me. Pirates. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, that's good, right? That's good. Yeah. Yeah, we'll... 
All right, back to questions. That was three questions with Fung. Now I have to ask the fourth one. Fung, uh, favorite tennis player of all time since we played tennis? Oh. McEnroe. John, that's John my buddy. McEnroe, yeah. That's my buddy. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome that you said that. That was who I wanted to be like. I mean, on, on the court, not screaming and breaking rackets. So I guess the fifth question and last question of Fung is... Um, do you believe in true love? In true love, what do you mean? Like, like real love, romantic love. Not like love for children or parents or something like that. Like true romantic love that can happen for a life. It happened. There's a lot of stories, you know, about true love. Do you believe it? I believe. Yeah, if you find the right person, they love you back. Anything else you want to add to me? Well, no, it's just that it's been inter interesting getting, it, uh, 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 getting to know you, Fong. Uh, we haven't really had too many guests on the podcast because of uh, uh, COVID so this, this past year, so we've really kind of been at a, at a, at a, at a loss of uh, having, a, having a, a, a third pirate on. So uh, I've, I've learned a little bit about Vietnam today because you've showed me those, those beautiful videos uh, that, you filmed with, that you filmed with your drone. But no, it's been it's been good getting to know you on the on the podcast. I would say, Fung, it was it was fantastic getting to getting to know you through your collection. So uh, thank you for being on the podcast. And I just want to let you know this is his excited face right here. This is he's just, mm -hmm. boom. He's excited. He's ready. I'm to a go. serious person. He's learned he's learned the art of the poker face. So Rockport Fulton, class of '89. Class of '89. Oh six. Three pirates this time. For the two old pirates, this is Eric, this is Vinny, and this is Fong. Good night.